0: In the very beginning of my career, probably made almost every mistake technically that you can think of um, from not backing up correctly, um, overbooking people, or like actually double booking. Um, and so that was definitely something that you have to protect, you know, as you, you, you get more into your business, you have to protect your images, you have to um, make sure you have a good like scheduling. Either platform or something, so that way you're not double booking people.
1: Hey everyone, this is Caleb Boudreaux, and I'm the editor in chief of an extraordinary life dot online. Today we're going to be interviewing Hannah Catherine from Hannah Catherine Photography and we are going to be seeing exactly what makes her job so interesting. Now, she is just a photographer. However, there are so many in-depth things that make jobs unique that most people who aren't in that profession think of. So we sat down with Hannah to see exactly what's in the job title for a photographer. Hope you like it. So...
0: I was looking at y'all's um, blog the other day, and it looks really neat. Like, I didn't know you were doing all this. That's awesome.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, this year makes year four.
0: Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Had some uh, some rough patches, but... Um, okay. So, let's make sure we're recording. Awesome. So, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself while I step
0: away for a second. Um... So my name is Hannah Versweivelt. My photography name is Hannah Catherine Photography. Um, And I started photography when I was about 14 um, and shot my first wedding at 15. So I had a really early start and just fell in love with it. And I've been doing it ever since. And I'm now 27 years old um I have a husband and two kids I have a two and a half year old and a 10 month old and I stay home with them and um also do photography with that and I love it I um when I'm not editing I'm usually just hanging out with family or doing something outside or drinking coffee because my husband also owns a coffee (laughs) we spend a lot of time over there and um Yeah, I shoot, as far as my photography, I shoot almost anything. Um, I have my own studio. I shoot weddings, portraits, families, newborns, um, births, almost anything.
2: And I love it. It's my favorite thing that I do. That's awesome. Um, So what got you started into photography? I know you said that you started when you were 14 years old. So, Mm -hmm. at such a young age, um, sorry about that, Um, what inspired you?
0: My dad actually um, was a photographer growing up. He doesn't do it so much anymore, but he would always take photos of us whenever we were little. Um, And so, I always remember, you know, he would see a barn on the side of the road and be like, oh, we've got to stop and y'all need to stand in front of it and let me get some photos of you and I was like I have three siblings and I was like the only one that was like oh yeah sure take a picture of me Mm -hmm. and they were all um annoyed by it and so I think that's what got me into it I loved being in front of the camera with him and then um I just started asking about it I got my first little you know the little tiny digital square looking cameras Mm -hmm. and um just would start photographing like family and events and my siblings and then my friends um eventually i got i got better cameras and i started photographing all of my friends and then my dad once he knew that i was like super interested in it he started kind of giving me some lessons like on camera settings on how to shoot in like aperture mode or manual mode and then it just kind of blew up from there. Like once people saw that I was posting photos of my friends, they were like, "Hey, can you take photos of my family?" And you know, "Can you take photos of my daughter who's getting married?" And then it just like escalated from there. And um so I'd say ultimately my dad was a big influence
2: in that. What's the difference between aperture mode and manual mode? Um I'm going to be testing my
0: knowledge. <laughs> I don't know anything yeah, about photography,
2: worried. so
0: So um, I actually first started shooting on aperture mode and basically you're able to control um, the aperture, which controls like the depth of field. And so that everything like revolves around light. And so this kind of allows you like how big the I guess like the diaphragm of the lens or camera is. And so it's either gonna be like really tiny and it lets less light in, or it's gonna be like really big and it's gonna let more light in. And so you're able to control that versus the depth of field. Um, And so you'll see numbers like 1.4, all the way to like f-stop 22. And so the lower the number, the more light is let in and the higher the number, the less light is let in and the more is in focus. So that's all kind of confusing, but basically you're able to control specifically that element. And then the other elements like ISO um, and shutter speed are kind of automatic. And so you control the aperture and those other two kind of change depending on the light. Manual mode, you're able to control all three of those levels on your own. Um, And so aperture is kind of easy for beginners to start because you just have to control one thing. And then once you you get a grasp of what you're doing, then um, I always recommend shooting on manual because then you can control all three of those elements on your own, depending on if you want more in focus, less in focus, if you're wanting a moody type of light or if you're wanting a really bright light um, or if you're wanting to do some creative shot where the f-stop is really really low and you want that motion blur so um mm-hmm. manual you're able to like completely customize it how you want
2: that's cool caleb was just showing me on his camera kind of how it works yeah i'm like ah, now yeah. you're testing i'm trying to hope that sense, but
1: yeah um i have an actual film camera that i can show you the physical this the aperture is more digital on the mirrorless cameras
0: mm-hmm.
1: but um I can show you an actual physical aperture. It's really interesting. Yeah, that'd
0: be cool. Yeah, and film is something I'd love to get into, but um, I've just never really given myself the time to learn it. So I really primarily use digital right now. But It's it's
1: unforgiving. I'll, I'll give it that. You'd never yeah. know. Like, you'll think, oh, this is the perfect shot, and then it's just blurry as all hell. It's, but it's I, rough. I
0: love, like, the... The idea of kind of you don't know what it looks like and so it's like a surprise when you go to get the photos back Mm -hmm. and then it really tests to see if you like really know what you're doing i actually just bought um this it's called a paper shoot camera i don't know if you've seen these um they're only like 120 bucks and it's basically the photos come out looking like a walmart disposable camera except there's no flash um and it kind of looks like a film camera, but it's digital. So there's a little memory card in it, but you can't see, like there's no screen or anything and you just like point and shoot and then you put the memory card in and you see what you got. So the only thing you can customize are like um, is like the coloring. So there's regular color, there's black and white, there's like a warm tone and then a cool tone. So it's really neat. So this is my version of like film, <laughs> but it's like 120 bucks. So. Uh, but it's really fun to bring, just like on weddings, and get some cool, nostalgic-looking photos for them to have. So, what's stuff,
1: what's stuff. the most advanced or niche types of equipment that you've worked with throughout your career?
0: I'm really not equipment-driven, because
1: um, like they have um, like fun photography history they actually have um cameras or lenses rather made specifically for dentists that have like an f 0.1 aperture setting to get just one spot in focus and literally everything else is out of it i'll send you some pictures with it that i took but like it's it's crazy so like have you had any unique experiences that you can only get with certain kinds of equipment
0: Hmm. I'd say I really just started to kind of branch out to get different unique type of equipment. Um, so I haven't done film yet. So I just recently bought this, um, and then not so much like cameras, but I've got some other equipment that I'll use like prisms or, um, just kind of things to put in front of the camera, but not really cameras. I've kind of, I started out like on Nikon and then moved to Canons. Um, I do have a specific lens that I use for um, almost like some motion blur kind of like around the edges, but I'm really not like, I really don't have a ton of equipment because that's just kind of like my style. I just kind of stay true to like the simple, like capturing what is happening in front of me rather than like creating everything to happen. It's more like just showing up and being there. So probably not, Um, I don't know if that's like the answer that you want, but I like just recently started branching out and getting some creative stuff to work with. So I don't know, maybe ask me in a year and Mm -hmm. I'll have, you know, another unique experience, but.
2: I have a question. What would you say is like your style of photography? Because I followed you on in Instagram and it's kind of like an indie vibe.
0: Yeah. So I always classify myself as like a, a documentary styled photographer or like a photojournalism style photographer. Cause I actually have, um, I guess I should have included this in the beginning. I graduated college with a photojournalism major. Um, and so I have that as like my background but as far as like my editing style i've i feel like recently it's kind of turned into something kind of indie or almost like a folk mm-hmm. um type of vibe just especially living in louisiana and everything's green and like you know if you, you photograph everybody in like these grassy fields and stuff and um so i love kind of like that indie folk vibe but still keeping things timeless so like i try not to be too trendy to where if you look back in two years they're like you know what the heck are you doing like why did you edit it like that so i I try to keep it timeless and documentary still but add like a little indie folk um kind of vibe to it so because that's definitely like i listen to a lot of that type of music um i feel like my house probably has a little bit more of that like Vintage kind of style. So,
2: so where did you go? I'm sorry, I'm gonna take my headphones off for this. Um, Where did you go to school? Um, I know that you said you graduated with photojournalism. So, yes,
0: so I um, I graduated from Louisiana College, which it's now um, called
1: Louisiana. Oh no, you can keep going. Sorry, I was telling her.
0: Oh no. Um, So it was called Louisiana College when I graduated, but now it's LCU, so it's Louisiana uh, Christian University. Mm -hmm but that's in Pineville, Louisiana. And um, my actual major title is Convergence Media, but my concentration is photojournalism. So through that, um, my school focused a lot on broadcasting. So I actually kind of have like a news background and I learned how to write like news scripts. I learned how to broadcast, put on podcasts, um, or like radio shows um we learned kind of how to like report and then i worked in a news station for a couple of years doing like promotional videos and so i have a lot of that in my background too and i think that just adds to the photojournalism element into my work
2: okay awesome
1: so um the the purpose of the, uh, what's in a job title is to show people that don't think about like the ins and outs of a profession, um, that, Hey, there's more than say a photographer than showing up somewhere, taking pictures, like you, you're paying for more than just that you're paying for things like, um, Shutterware, equipment, experience, time editing, Mm -hmm. um, memory card decay, you know, things like that, Mm -hmm. um, where we kind of open people's awareness of different things as to why photographers charge too much. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you can kind of go in and explain. Like the ins and outs of a photographer that you didn't think about whenever you first started like what have you learned um now that you you're professional so to say not that you're not but you, you know what i'm saying
0: yeah yeah, yeah. um so I'll, I'll give like a technical side to it kind of of everything that you just learned but then also just like the mental side of it too um and so at first, I jumped in and didn't. I didn't know how to back up photos. I didn't know, you know, that memory cards could just kind of give up on you. I didn't know all of those. So I've, in the very beginning of my career, probably made almost every mistake technically that you can think of um, from not backing up correctly, um, overbooking people or like actually double booking. Um, and so that was definitely something that you have to protect you know, as you, you, you get more into your business, you have to protect your images. You have to um, make sure you have a good, like, scheduling either platform or something. So that way you're not double booking people. And a lot of that stuff costs money to back up photos, to um, get the right type of memory cards, to get extra memory cards, and um, get cameras with, like, dual slots where you can back up onto multiple memory cards, Um and then multiple hard drives you know you don't want to just use one hard drive just in case that one fails so first of all all of that cost a ton of money um to keep up with that and then i actually just started using like a client management system where when somebody books me it puts in all of the information for me as far as like all of the details of what they're wanting but also it adds it straight to my calendar So that way I'm not having to like, oh, you know, do it manually because there's been some times where I'll be messaging somebody about a wedding or a shoot, you know, when I was a teenager and I would forget to put it on my calendar. And then before I know it, I've booked that date with somebody else. And so um, there's platforms that help you with that. Well, then, of course, those platforms cost money. And so almost everything that enhances like the business part of your business is gonna cost money, and so you have to incorporate that into your price. Because if somebody wants a photographer, that's gonna protect your images, that's gonna make sure your date is secure, that's gonna have all of your details, it's gonna be organized. A lot of that, there they might be getting help on, with, and and that costs money. So that's kind of like the technical side of that. And then of course, you know, buying the right equipment, um, taking care of your equipment, having backup equipment. So I shoot with two to three cameras. And so worst case scenario, if one camera fails on a wedding, I've got other cameras to shoot with. And um so all of that I definitely did not consider whenever <laughs> I first got into the business. I was like, oh you just show up, bring your camera, shoot, easy. And then all I've made like I've made almost all the mistakes. And so every time I make a mistake, I was like, okay, how can I not do this again? And um, that's just kind of the, the cons of starting so early and starting as a teenager is I just didn't think about any of that. I didn't have a business mind until I was really like in college and became an adult. And then I was like, Oh, I need to think about this through a business type of mindset and not just a, I love taking photos type of mindset. Um, So I've definitely come a long way from that. And definitely something you don't think about and then as far as like the mental load and and things that I didn't think about was I feel like in order to become a quality photographer and especially in in my expertise of like documentary type of photos photojournalism where you're not really trying to pose people a specific way or you're not trying to achieve a certain look you're just there to honestly capture the moment and what's happening and capture people's personalities and stuff like that. Like you have to have a certain mindset almost like I can't. You're almost like a
1: fly on the wall.
0: Yeah. 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 And, and that's not always easy to do, especially, um, Especially now having kids, like if I've had a really stressful day and I had, like, you know, my kids have been throwing tantrums or whatever, and then it's like, oh, it's five o'clock, I have to go on my photo shoot. Like, I have to like mentally reset myself. So that way, when I show up, I'm like fully present. And in order to like really capture the photos, honestly, I have to be fully present mentally or else. I'm just snapping photos for an hour and then be like, "Okay, time's up. Bye," you know, and then I'm not getting the best quality photos for them. And um so it is kind of a certain mindset that you have to have and it it is like a lot of mental it, it does use a lot of mental energy. Um and so that's something that I didn't, you know, realize. I definitely thought it was going to be easier. Um but the more I really developed my own style and my own niche of storytelling the more i realized okay i need to be fully present and so that takes a lot of work to kind of train your brain um especially as a mom and um kind of the example i gave earlier, just especially having so much going on and then having to stop being a mom and then transition into being a photographer you have to have a mental reset so i don't know if that made sense but that's something that i'm still learning to do
1: definitely I- <laughs> If you want, I can break your brain real quick. So you mentioned um, backups. Mm -hmm. So in IT, there's actually a certain way that you're supposed to back things up. So like you're you're never supposed to keep files on the same computer that you work on.
0: Mm -hmm. You're always
1: supposed to keep them off system. So right Mm -hmm. off camera here is an entire server. That everything records straight to. And then half of it is redundancy. So if one of those drives fails, it's already written on another one. And it's completely mirrored. And then there's an entire other server, like the next house over, and then another one in um, New England. Wow. All mirrored. That way if there's a fire, it's, it's all already backed up somewhere.
0: Wow! Yeah, mine's not that fancy. I've got two. Um, well,
1: because I've al- I've almost lost like I think it was two terabytes of all digital negatives from my entire photography career. I've almost lost all of it due to a drive halfway failing. So after that, I was like, no, it's not happening again. <laughs>
0: I used to years ago, keep everything on like just a portable hard drive. And those are so flaky, like at least in my experience and especially if they drop and, and things like that. And so I I have one portable hard drive from a long time ago that like, I can't access the images to. I've never brought it in because now it's like years and years and years. That was like in high school. But, um, I remember, when luckily whenever it like stopped working on me i didn't have any photos that i was like currently editing or anything and so it was photos that i've already done but if like somebody you know lost their images and they're like hey can you resend them to me and if i didn't send it over a link then i was like i can't access that and so i remember after that happened i was like okay i need need something different and so i have these two um like I don't remember how many terabytes they are, but hard drives that are connected to my computer and I keep all of my files on both of those. And so um that way like if one were to fail, I have another one. And then I use <clears throat> a program that backs it up online as well. Let me see, I can't remember what it's called. But I just started using that. Um so that way something were to happen, like if there was a fire <coughs> or something were to happen, then everything is backed up on an online platform. And yeah. um so that's kind of what I do right now. But that's something that took me a long time to figure out because it's so overwhelming. Like, it I don't know, the thought of backing things up, I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, it's so overwhelming. And so that one took me a while to, like, really nail down a system just because it was, like, I would just get so stressed about it. And I would avoid looking into programs or um, buying huge hard drives and then i'm so thankful that i finally did so now i feel like safe or something were to happen i've got like they multi there it's backed up on multiple things so that's a big a big one for photographers and it's still scary though like it's still like oh no what if like something happens to all of them at one time and
1: oh it's yeah I don't know. redundancy is terrifying until you actually have it And then it's like -hmm. okay I I feel a little more comfortable
2: so yeah what would you um tell someone who is interested in starting photography whether they're 14 years old or 40 years old um like what like what are the beginning stages or like some advice that you can give
0: usually what I tell people and um because I've had like a lot of like high school students have, that have already asked me that, like tell me that they're interested and they're like, you know, what advice do you give about how to get to where I want to be? And um, first I always say, just grab a camera and just play with it. Like you can either look up YouTube videos, just like start pressing buttons, just start figuring it out. Like that's kind of what I did with my cameras as when it comes to learning how to use a camera. Um, like if you already have one is just, like dig into it press buttons go out with your friend with your dog whatever and just take photos using all kind of different settings until you you really learn it so that's kind of what i did i'm very hands-on when it comes to learning and so i just have to get out and and do it um and because i think a lot of people they have a camera and they're almost like scared to even touch it and it's like no bring it out press all the buttons and figure it out um and then just like keep shooting and so in high school i just grabbed my friends i have two sisters who i would always use i'd be like hey let's you know it's pretty outside let's go out and take photos and so any chance that i could get i would just go out and shoot even if it was flowers or um my dog or you know it was christmas and i would bring my my camera and shoot you know cousins opening gifts um, I felt like I became that annoying person that always had a camera like in their face,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but for me, that was the best way that I could learn. Um, and then as I started doing it more, I would look at YouTube videos and, and it paid for like education. But to me, the biggest thing is just to like, get out and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the advice I think I would give now would also be if you're really wanting to use it as your business, like look into what it takes to build a business because that's what I didn't do and so I made all these business mistakes of you know not charging correctly not having contracts um not backing up just you know research and YouTube is a great like source of just like watching YouTube like how to do taxes that was a big thing too I it took me forever to start doing taxes on my photography because I had no clue one when i was like in college i didn't know i had to do it and then i um didn't know how to do it and so that was another like huge hurdle that i had to jump through was okay you know applying to be a sole proprietor and then what that looks like as far as taxes and so i guess the two to to sum all that up is you know buy a camera just get out there and shoot literally everything that you can see until you figure it out. And then, um, just research what it takes to like be a legal business. So you're not having to do anything that could like bite you
2: in the, butt later on. Um, other than the things that you've already stated, as far as, um, stuff that people wouldn't already know it's being a photographer, is there anything else that people would find surprising about being a photographer?
1: Which, and to add to that, um, when when you're the expected family photographer, how does it feel whenever you go to events and you don't have your camera?
0: I always feel like something is missing. <laughs> um, luckily, iPhone cameras are so good nowadays. So I'm like, hey, well, at least I have my phone. But it's still not the same. No matter how great the camera is, it's still not the same as having like a, a digital camera or a film camera or, or something in your hand. Um, so I think now that I have kids, sometimes I try not to bring my camera so that I can really be intentional. But I also love having cameras at events because I, I want to capture, you know, my kids playing with their cousins or things like that, even if it's just like a random, you know, Sunday lunch where all the kids are hanging out every now and then I'll bring my camera and just get candids because I want them to be able to look back at those photos when they're 18, 19 years old and, and see the things that they might not remember. So I definitely do get very disappointed in myself when I don't bring my camera, but sometimes I try to intentionally not bring it. So that way I can, also just be in the moment and not worry about, oh, this lighting isn't good, let me move to this spot and capture this instead of just sitting there and and watching it happen. So it's a little bit of both. I don't know if that made sense, but I definitely bring it a lot to a lot of events. And then one thing that I always tell people is, uh, one thing I'm like so thankful for being a photographer because my memory is so bad and so there's so many times in my life where i'm like i do not remember this i don't remember what this house looked like and i'm so thankful that i started photography at such a young age because i can go back and look at images of field trips that i took in high school or um you know with friends that i don't remember but i have those images and so i can look at those and be like oh i remember that and um just random photos around the house of corners that you know my brain forgot but i have that image to remember um family vacations anything like that like i brought my camera to everything and so i'm so so thankful because if i didn't have those photos i most likely would have forgotten a lot of um things that i did growing up so i'm so so thankful for that so
1: With you being limited on storage, um, how long do you usually keep copies of your negatives?
0: Um, So I don't delete them. And so basically when, uh, well, I delete them like on my memory cards, but on my hard drives, I keep everything. And then when I fill up hard drives, I just buy new ones. And then as far as my online backing up, it's unlimited. And so um, I really don't delete any of my RAWs. I used to. And then I had uh, moments where I lost like the edited images and then I couldn't re-edit them because I had deleted the raw footage or um, the clients, or maybe like later down the road I wanted to re-edit certain things and I didn't have like the raw images. And so I keep all of my raws. I just have like a raw folder and then edited folder. Um, and then when hard drives fill up i just label it like what year it was and then keep it somewhere safe and um, start backing up on new hard drives and so i also when it comes to my clients i mm-hmm. uh, deliver my galleries um i use pick time and i have an unlimited storage for that so i don't delete any of their galleries so if they ever need me to resend Um, the link, then I can just go into the search bar and type in their name and uh, find their gallery and then re-email it. So I try to keep things indefinitely just because I've made mistakes and I know that it's easy to lose things, especially if you're a client and you don't like really know what you're doing. So I try to keep my space unlimited and do what I can to not delete things. Um, But that also took me a while to get there because it does like the raw images take up so much space. And so I don't keep them on my computer. Like you were saying, I don't keep any images on my actual computer because of that, like, because I don't delete the raws. I, I keep everything like immediately upload everything to hard drives to where they're safe and not taking up space on my computer.
1: Have you ever thought about investing in a server? Like a local server?
0: Um, yes, and that's just where- Just to kind of
1: consolidate everything.
0: Yes and no, just because that's where my knowledge like is kind of limited, you know, like the the system that I'm using now, anything like above that just would require a lot of like research for me. And so um, it is (laughs) something that I, I want to, you know, either like find a server or do something in in a uh,
1: if you need a hand that's what i do for a living yeah just let me know
0: yeah definitely because that is something that i want to improve on that's another part of my business that i i have room to grow on um so i probably will reach out and um figure that out
2: so is there anything that you would like the world to know about being a photographer specifically as your career
0: well oh, that's a loaded question <laughs> um, <laughs> it is I feel like it is not as easy and simple as it looks like I I feel like I I've gotten a lot of comments you know of like oh is that all you do do you do anything else or or something like that. And so it's definitely not as easy as it looks. Like we were saying, it involves a lot of money, it involves a lot of time. Um, it involves a lot of mental energy to really be able to honestly capture people. Um and so that's something I think the world doesn't really seem to think about. They think that you just show up with a camera, click a button, and bam, you're a photographer. So that's one thing. Um, and it's also so rewarding. Like I never get tired of what I do because even though you're doing the same things, you're either taking photos, editing photos or emailing back and forth between people. Like you're constantly doing those three things and sometimes it can feel mundane you're telling different people's stories and so the content is different every single time whether it's you know a couple that has been in love since high school and their high school sweethearts and it's like so romantic or if it's um like a, a family that just like adopted a child and they're wanting their first family photos with like that child or you know, like anything you're, you're telling different stories every single time. And so photography for anybody who wants to get into it, I definitely encourage them to, because it is the most rewarding job. Like I can't imagine doing anything else because I'm never sick of it. I'm, I'm never, um, I don't know, like I, I, it definitely feels like work. Like, I know it's easy to say, like, if you love what you do, you don't ever work a day in your life. I think that's a lie. You still have to work, like you still have to put in those late nights. I stay up till 2 a.m. right now, almost every night editing because during the day I'm home with my kids. That is not always fun. Like a lot of times that is work, but it is so cool getting to meet and photograph all kinds of people, all kinds of um, ethnicities, all kinds of backgrounds and just really all kinds of stories. So I don't know i think it's one of the most rewarding jobs and it's just something new every single time yeah that's awesome
1: so what is the craziest story that you can tell uh while keeping the event anonymous but the craziest thing that you've witnessed at an event for for example there was a wedding the last wedding that i photographed um if they end up listening to this hey. Okay. um <laughs> But the last wedding that I photographed, um, the bride got she, she was feeling she was feeling good and uh, mm-hmm. she ended up giving her groom a lap dance. like you know, everything stayed clothed. it was it stayed yeah. PG 13, but that her like,
0: minute, like for some weddings.
1: Yeah right and uh, and her dad put his hand on the groom's shoulder. And said, you having fun? And he jumped up terrified because he forgot where he was. Okay. And he's like, no, 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 sit back down. Like I said during the ceremony, she's your problem now. No. And it was just hilarious. Yeah. So do you have I, any of those stories?
0: I have a couple. Um, One story, and this bride doesn't even know. And uh, so hopefully... It it should still stay pretty anonymous, but I had the dad of a bride a couple years ago hit on me, so that was fun, not fun, (laughs) but he just, in the middle of the dance floor, I'm taking photos, and he'd already kind of, like, made nothing, like, super inappropriate, but just been like, oh, um, you know, you need to be in front of the camera, or you know, you need to get on the dance floor, just kind of things like that. And it's like, oh, haha, ha, no, thank you. You know? And then at one point he like tried to dance with me and was like, do you have a boyfriend? And I was like, um, I'm married and I have a kid. And then I just walked away. And so that is, as far as something <laughs> that's happened to me, I was just like, did, did the bride's dad just hit on me? And I didn't tell her because I didn't want her to be like mortified. And so that um so I always tell people like oh one wedding this happened uh a few weddings ago I stepped in vomit from somebody who got too drunk so that was also a first um I'm trying to think of maybe some positive (laughs) stories it's definitely different every single wedding It, it I love weddings but you definitely leave with some stories and um Especially being a female photographer, like, I'm sure male photographers have their own, their own, like, things that they have to deal with, but, you know, every now and then you just meet some crazy groomsmen who say too much, or, um, you just kind of have to.
1: No, I can, I can vouch
0: for that. But, I mean, I know guys probably have their own, their own set of, uh, issues that they run into as well, It's definitely not just a female issue.
1: Yeah, I can I can definitely vouch for the fact that uh, you will get some uh, bridesmaids hitting on you to make sure they're the center of your attention.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but <laughs> then of course you know you can't do that because they're not the reason you're there. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, weddings are are kind of their own thing, but <clears throat> I'm trying to think. Maybe have some some positive stuff. I don't know. I, I'm sure I do have some some stories, but it's always hard. Like I said, my memories.
1: Yeah. Well, you can it's, always it's
0: email us. Been, it's never been that good, but um, this this is kind of different. But like some of the coolest places that I've photographed in. Um, I don't know if this is like a flex, but just like it, it's really not necessarily a neat story, but just neat things that i photographed I've had an engagement shoot in Wales before um the couple was actually got married in Louisiana but they met because he was from Wales uh in the UK and she was from here but they met doing like mission trips and uh, so the wedding was in Louisiana but they were trying to find a photographer in Wales and I was like um what if y'all just fly me out over there And so they were like, yeah, we'd love to. And so that was phenomenal. Um, and Wales is now one of my favorite places in the world. I've had a wedding in Ontario, uh, Canada. Um, and she lived in Texas, but she actually found me through social media and was like, Hey, would you be willing to, you know, photograph my wedding in Canada? And I'm like, heck yes. Mm -hmm. And this was all (laughs) pre-kids. Kids make it a little harder to travel, but, um, I've done engagements in Utah. Um, I feel like I have some other stuff too, but yeah. I, and I would love to continue doing that in the future, but with young kids right now, it just makes it a little difficult. But I've definitely, you know, maybe not had crazy things happen, but I've been able to shoot in like really crazy places. And so I That's love awesome. it. I love, yeah, I love traveling and so that's a big a big thing that um I would love to, you know, continue doing in the future when the kids are a little bit older is is doing that. And and I think a lot of a lot of times people don't realize you're willing to travel. They're almost too scared to ask because they think that they're being a burden because there are a lot of photographers who are like I won't travel, like that's too much for me. And, um, so I always feel like people are so shocked whenever they're like, "Oh, you would really come to Wales for this?" and I'm like, "Who would it like or you'd really come to Canada, you know, and I'm like, travelling is like in my blood, that's like part of the payment for me, like yeah. is to be able to get to see all this and um so, yeah, I mean, I've just been able to have some crazy experiences, and I hope that those continue um as the kids get older, and I'm able to bring them maybe to these places um.
1: So would you say, uh, you mentioned a few times that your memory is kind of getting worse than it was. Do you think that, uh,
0: it, it's always been bad?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, no. but do you think that staying behind a camera rather than living in the moment kind of contributing? Well, would be kind of contributing to that?
0: Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, Yeah, I think there's pros and cons to it. I think the pros are what I said earlier, like you're able to take those photos with you. And so when you get older, you can look back at those photos and remember. But in the moment when you're behind the camera, it does take your mind to a different place and you're not able to be present. Um, And so it's definitely kind of a contradiction and you kind of have to pick and choose those moments where you do decide to be behind the camera or not um, because there are pros and cons to it. So yeah, honestly, like, I do think that's contributed to why I don't have, like, super vivid memories sometimes contributing to events. Because I was probably concerned about either, like, man, I forgot to bring my camera, so then I was concerned about that the whole time. Or I brought my camera and I was trying to figure out, you know, why is the lighting weird? Why are these settings being weird instead of actually living in the moment? So, yeah, I think that's a good point um yeah, i I kind of i think and i think that's what i'm learning now especially having kids is you know when do i want to especially something as simple as just being in the living room and playing with them when do i want to take out my camera and capture that or when do and then when do i want to leave my camera leave my phone and just sit there and be completely invested in playing with my kids and um so yeah it's definitely a balance I think that that's a good point.
1: So with the age of smartphone cameras getting more and more um, aligned with SLRs in, um, in regards to like the iPhone 12 Pro onwards, you can now shoot in digital negatives. You can now change aperture. You can now change mm-hmm. um, shutter speed and film speed Do you see the professional photographer as a profession dying out? No. Okay.
0: And I think about that a lot because I'm like, you know, in in 20 years, am I still going to be able to do this? I think it's going to change. But just because you have a good camera doesn't mean you can take a good picture. Like you have to know how to, Like, on the technical side, you have to know angles, what angles are flattering for people, what angles are just going to look the most photogenic. And um, photography is still always going to be an art. And just because you have a nice camera doesn't mean you're an artist. Just because you have, you know, the fanciest paintbrushes and paint and you, you know, all of that doesn't mean that you can... I don't know like there's still a, especially in, in the, that might be a bad example but Makes sense. i think oh. i guess a real life example i used to take a lot of senior photos um especially when i was in high school being one of the only high schoolers who was a photographer and now almost every high schooler labels themselves a photographer um i used to shoot senior photos often now I don't get a lot of inquiries about senior photos because they have a friend who can do it or they can do it themselves or their mom uses their iPhone to do it and they have some special app that can edit it and Facetune it and all this stuff. So it has made that different. But. they might be getting these like high quality photos, but it's not gonna be the same as having somebody come out and really capturing their personality. Like, hey, don't just stand there by a tree and smile. Like, what do you love to do? Do you love to paint? Okay, let's go out there and, you know, bring a canvas and, you know, let me capture you making art and then let me make it look like art as well. Or let me use these cool tools to to capture movement to capture, um, you know, if you use a prism, capture light bending certain ways, and then let me bring it into my computer and make the colors vibrant or make them look, um, look a certain way that like really describes you as a person or describes you as a couple or as a family, like that is always gonna be easier to do with a professional photographer. You know, so again, I can't imagine that,
2: but... someone take or filming or te- taking pictures at a wedding with an iPhone.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, oh. because I don't know, like, I just I just don't ever believe that. And and it goes back to me not being equipment driven. Like, I don't have to have all the nicest equipment. I don't think that you need all of the nicest equipment. I've seen photographers use cameras that are years and years and years um older than what other photographers are using but their photos almost look the same because they know how to use light they know how to use color they know how to use um you know all of those elements aperture exposure uh iso they know how to work with movement like if somebody's running past them if a bride and groom are dancing they know how to capture that in a way where nothing like it's not all grainy and blurry like, if you try to capture photos at a wedding reception with your phone and flash, they are not going to look the same mm-hmm, no. as a professional DSLR, you know, with either off-camera flash or on-camera flash. They, you know, are not going to do the same. You can do cool tricks where you bend the light. And, and so it's <clears> – <throat> I don't ever see photography dying out. Um, I think that sometimes – maybe family photos or senior photos or certain things maybe photographers will start shooting less of because people can just do it themselves but as far as weddings births um adoptions just these one-time events that are happening nobody's gonna want their friends showing up with an iphone shooting that so there's always gonna be um, a need for it it might just change as far as what you're shooting but and I don't. I don't think it's going to die out.
1: So, um, there's actually a piece of tech um, that is making the rounds currently called an arsenal. Um, mm-hmm. It's essentially a hot shoot attachment, or hot shoe, not hot shoot attachment for um, an SLR or a mirrorless. Mm-hmm. That, when plugged into your camera, will figure out the depth of field needed, the color range needed, ISO, aperture, shutter speed, all with AI, down to get the richest colors of an environment. So when thinking of that, um, because what I would love to do is actually get my hands on one to kind of like take somebody through it and see
2: if they think this
1: would change. So with that, um ai artists like Doll e and mm-hmm. another one and um
0: My husband was actually using he uses that a lot um right oh, now really? it's still in beta like it's it's free so you don't have to pay for it yet yeah so you're using it a lot
1: so with that and um ai chatbots that will write entire articles for you
0: yeah yeah
1: do you see Um, Like you mentioned, you can't replace the artist no matter how how much you try. Do you see AI creeping its way into photography as a way of completely tearing away landscape photography? Because if seniors and people with iPhones are taking general portraits, the last couple of venues that can't be replaced are landscape and events – But now AI is taking on landscaping. Do you see that completely isolating? Like, do you see it replacing photographers? And of course, you haven't tried it yet, so you're not 100% hands-on sure, but...
0: I think it'll replace certain um, aspects, maybe. But... And Chris and I talk about this a lot because I still, I don't know if I'm just being skeptical, but I'm like, I still feel like you can't, there, a a robot or, you know, a, an AI, an artificial intelligence can still never be a living, breathing, emotion-filled human. Well, you know? of course. And, 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 and some of it comes from just, I, I have a Christian background, so I'm like, oh, well, God created us. We can't create it. So... I know that's a little bit deeper, but when it comes to art, I still don't think it's ever going to match up. Like, I think AI will get to the point where they can, you know, get a beautifully crafted, high-quality image with the perfect lighting and perfect settings. Well, yeah, you um, still have to aim it. Settings. You st- is it going to be raw? Is it going to be... um?
1: Well that's the thing though you still have to aim the camera so there will yeah. still be there, there still will be the need for a human operator however to get the absolute best like a sunset over the grand canyon for instance you can have someone in 5th grade with a $500 yeah, think... camera taking something that someone who's been in the industry for 15 20 years can only dream of taking their first or second try. I
0: do I, I do think it'll change that. And I'm not a landscape photographer. So it's. I guess it's hard for me to like really truthfully answer that because I'm more of a, my, most of my subjects are people. Um, and so, yeah, I do think it's gonna change that game. I think it's gonna push people to like, really know what they're doing, really somehow find a way to capture these landmarks in a different way somehow like maybe instead of just trying to get that perfect sunset over the grand canyon try to find a subject to go with it like is there going to be um a specific bird that is perched on a tree that you can catch from the like you know is ai going to know to look for these specific moments that are happening with that beautifully crafted sunset in the background like Finding a way to shoot it differently than just, oh, that's a beautiful picture. But almost adding, like, subjects into it. I don't know that. that. I guess it's hard for me because I shoot with subjects so much. Um, so I think it is going to change the game in that. But I don't think it's going to weed it out. I think it's just going to make it more competitive. And it's going to make, it's just going to push people to do things differently. And um, always finding a new way to look at things different than you know a computer but i don't know i mean i'm well
1: i'll tell you what what we'll do is um i planned on getting one to take a look at it Mm -hmm. because i think that's absolutely an interesting piece of tech in an industry that i didn't think could be overrun by ai um because like i said there's even with um with that you still have to have a human operator set up the camera um, make sure that it's aimed in the right direction and then the AI can pick up the rest. But um, but yeah, we'll definitely have to uh, to do something like a collaboration of sorts with that.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because I actually surprisingly haven't heard of that. And my husband, we've been having a lot of AI conversations in the house recently, actually. I'll definitely um, send
1: it to you. I'll send you the link.
0: Yeah. that's interesting and and i mean i'm open to being wrong like i'm i think a lot of my answers come from me not wanting photography to eventually become dead um so i'm gonna fight for it like as long as i can but i don't know i i just i'm a big believer that you can never recreate like our human minds like it's still always gonna be its own thing and you don't again like <clears throat> not really including um this this doesn't really include landscape but when you're shooting things like families and people and events and things like that like a perfectly crafted like a perfectly crafted image doesn't always mean everything like there are sometimes I shoot and the image is out of focus but I still decide to keep it because of what it captured is like so good. And so quality, like you want quality, but it doesn't always have to be perfect. Like I feel like perfection in photography is so.
1: It's like chasing the perfect zero with uh, emails. If you let it go for a day or two, then you're never gonna reach it again.
0: Yeah, like, I don't know. And I, I, I love whenever I can make a mistake look at like it was intentional like oh look at this moment i accidentally captured it might be blurry or it might be um you know this person's kind of making a funny face but the moment is too good not to like get rid of um or the moment wouldn't show as much emotion if it was crafted with the perfect light and the perfect um settings and the perfect detail and everything's in focus like that doesn't create the emotion all the time. Like sometimes those flaws in the technical side of the image is what makes the image human because we're not perfect. Like we have all kind of flaws. And so when it comes to using people as subjects, I think that's where AI has its faults because sometimes we want those flaws. I mean, you see cameras like this now. You see where people like want images to look like they were taken 30 years, like 20 years ago. Um, You want the grain, you want the blur, you want the um, desaturated colors and stuff like that. And like AI is trying to do the opposite almost. It's trying to, how can we make the image as perfect as possible? like if if that you know progresses so I don't know I feel like there's it's always going to be a thing um I don't know but I guess we'll see I'm gonna fight for it as (laughs) as long as I can because it's my um my only job so (laughs) hopefully
1: yeah well awesome thank you so much for your time Hannah
0: uh, yeah, no, hope i didn't just ramble that whole time
1: oh no you're, you're good um you should you should hear us rambling for hours on it um yeah. but uh real quick um how do you pronounce your last name
0: verse okay so if you if you say it really dramatically like when you're looking at it and it's like verse like it's it said exactly how it's spelled it's just you say it like all at once so it's you know first why about
1: interesting yeah i've always wondered that but
0: uh fun fact i uh spelled it right the first time i ever tried to spell it and that's how i knew like oh i'm gonna be with this guy forever because i can immediately spell the last name (laughs) without having to think about it Cause they were like how did you learn how to spell it and i was like i just knew i don't know
1: <laughs> it's romantic well awesome
0: i really just sounded out really dramatically in my head <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the secret guys <laughs>